So kids, I've got a question for you, and that is, in what ways is Jonah like Jesus? In what ways is Jonah like Jesus? What are you thinking, Rose? Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, what I'd like to do uh, this morning is uh, hopefully, helpfully, in a helpful way for the kids as well as for the parents, uh, speak about three things. One is go over the history of Jonah that, that we saw in the play. Secondly, I'd like to talk uh, about the answer to that question. In what ways is Jesus like Jonah? And thirdly, um, I'd like to ask, what difference does this make to our lives? And so um, just wanting this to be a, a, just a short message. Um, yeah, so let me just pray as we begin. Your Father... Uh, how desperately we need uh, you uh, in every element of our lives for hope and redemption. Thank you that you've sent your son for that purpose. We pray in his name. Amen. Let's just first of all look, uh, number one, at this, um, well, the little history of Jonah. We've already seen it in the play here. And um, the way this story uh, goes is like this, that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And I've said this before, but it always thrills me when I think about a prophet and a, the word of the Lord coming to them. And I think, what would that be like? What would that be like when you knew that the word of the Lord comes? So what, what was, what's that moment like? The word of the Lord came to Jonah and God said to him, go and preach to this city in Nineveh. Uh, this enemy city in many ways because Assyria um, was an enemy country and God was wanting to speak to uh, an enemy city. But Jonah ran away. Jonah ran as fast as his legs would take him and because he thought, well, God wants to bring goodness to an enemy city and I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to be part of God's plan to bring goodness to a, a city that, that, we, that we hate. And um, so he goes to Joppa and he jumps on this ship and uh, in running away. He jumps on the ship and a great wind comes, a tremendous wind, in fact a terrible storm and the sailors are terribly afraid, they cried out to their gods, they're all from different gods of different countries and someone's crying out to this god and someone's crying out to that god, they're crying out to their gods, they're chucking their stuff overboard so that their ship will not be swamped and, and, and go under. And, but Jonah himself goes below deck and he's... In a deep sleep, he's sound asleep. The captain goes to him and says, get up, what are you doing um, being asleep? Call on your God, maybe your God will have mercy on us so that we won't 
perish. And they cast lots. Lots are a little bit like dice. Um, they cast these lots to find out who was, who was the one that is bringing this disaster on the, the ship. And it fell to Jonah. And they come to Jonah and they say, what is going on, Jonah? Where do you come from? What are you doing? What have you done? And um, Jonah answers, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And that terrifies them because they, they're worshipping the God of the moon or the, God, the fertility God or some little God. But they hear the God, that Jonah is the worshipper of the God who makes the heavens and the sea that they're in and the dry lands and they're terrified. What have you done to make this God um, so angry? And... He says, basically, well, I'm running. God gave me a job to do, but I'm running away. I'm running away. And so they said, well, what shall we do to make the sea calm? And he says, chuck me into the sea and the sea will grow calm because I know it's my fault. They didn't want to, but in the end, um, they, the, the sea gets rougher. And so they... they they do what he says. He says, throw me into the sea and, and the sea will get calm. And that's exactly what does happen. It's, he, this, the raging sea grows calm as soon as they throw him into the sea. And that says that they greatly feared the Lord. When the sea grew calm, everyone on board was going, wow, wow. The God this guy must serve controls the sea. What a great, great God. And then the Lord provided a huge fish. In other words, it was God's provision. God appointed uh, a huge fish and swallowed Jonah. And it says that Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And from the belly of the, the fish, Jonah prays. And um, he says things like, what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And so the Lord commanded the fish and vomited him onto dry land. And the word of the Lord comes to him second time and he goes to Nineveh. They repent and God doesn't bring on Nineveh the disaster that he had threatened. So that's number one, the history of Jonah that we saw so magnificently portrayed in the play that the kids uh, showed us. The question now is, how is Jonah like Jesus? Because in actual fact, Jesus was born seven or 800 years after Jonah. So you might think there's no similarities there at all. But when Jesus was born... Do you remember one day the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said to him, Teacher, we want you to do a sign for us. In other words, do a sign for us, Jesus, so that we can believe that, that just do a magic trick, so that we can believe that you are coming from God. Do you remember what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12? He answered and he said, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. 
except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus himself is saying, I am the fulfilment of what Jonah was about. Tim Keller points out that in Mark chapter 4, there is an account that's very much like Jonah. Do you remember one day Jesus says to his disciples, jump into the boat, we're going to go across the other side of the sea. And as they were going across, a furious storm hits the, hits the boat and, and the waves broke over the boat and they were nearly swamped and Jesus was asleep on a cushion. The disciples angrily wake up Jonah, uh, Jesus and they say, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus jumped up, rebuked the winds and the waves and everything grew calm and the, the disciples were terrified. And they said, who is this? But even the winds and the waves obey him. Now why, in what ways is that story like the story of Jonah? Well, they're pretty, they're pretty clear. They were both in a boat. Jonah and Jesus were in a boat with others. They, a terrible storm break over, breaks over this boat. A furious storm and a terrible wind. Both Jesus and Jonah were asleep in the boat. And the sailors that were on the boat were terrified. They were afraid. They were really afraid. In both cases. Both Jesus and Jonah were angrily woken up and said, come on, what are you doing? Can't you help to save the situation? And at the end of the story, in both cases, the sea grew calm. Very calm. And at the end, right at the end, those that are on the boat are more terrified at the end than they were at the beginning. Because of the power of God. What's the difference though? The big difference is that Jonah was thrown into the sea and Jesus wasn't. So was Jesus thrown into the storm? Do you know Jesus himself says... I am thrown into the storm because just as Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, so I will spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am the true and the better Jonah. When, when I get thrown into, go to the cross and I die for the sins of all mankind, I'm being thrown into an infinitely more terrible storm that Jonah was ever thrown into. And in being thrown into that storm, I am the one that brings peace and calm to the world. On the cross, Jesus is cast into a terrible storm. And through his death, he calms the storm. He brings calm to the storm. Jonah was disobedient and Jesus was obedient. How, number three, and lastly, how does this apply to your life? Well, 
Firstly, some of you are going through a terrible storm right now. And if you're not going through one now, one day you will be. Terrible storm. Maybe there's terrible storms in your heart where you're upset and you're angry or maybe there's a storm that's, that's you're frightened and you're confused or maybe there's this terrible storm where it feels like everything is insecure but one way or another there's a terrible storm in your life. You, you, you need to know this, that your confidence that God will bring you to the other side of the storm is certain and sure because he's thrown his own son into the storm so that you will have peace, that you will come to the end and you will have security and hope. But there's another way that the message of Jonah, and this is my last point, there's another way that the message of Jonah uh, applies to our lives, and that is that at the end of the time, there is a great storm of God coming. The actual Bible talks about the wrath of God. A great storm, uh, a very dangerous, the most dangerous storm of all, actually. But when Jesus was thrown into the storm, when he went to the cross, when he spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, he is giving himself so that we would have that storm pass over us, so that we would know peace, so that we would find refuge in him, so that we would be the ones that are saved, just as the sailors were saved. Do you see, no matter what happens in this world, no matter what difficulties, no matter what hardships, no matter what disappointments and grieving in your heart, there is a sure confidence that God is giving to us in Christ that God has thrown his own son into the worst storm that could ever happen so that we would have peace. Now please hear me. There's pain in this room, this hardship, this difficulty. But there is a God of heaven who sends his son, his obedient son, Jesus, and throws him into the storm that he would bring you to the other side for your peace and for your salvation and joy. He will never, ever drop you. I give you the true and better Jonah, Jesus, the King of all. He's your promise of peace to calm your world. And his call for us is to put our trust in him. Trust in him, whatever circumstances you're going through at the moment, to surrender to him and humble yourself before him. He's the one who pursues us. He can be trusted, no one like him in all the world. Let me pray. Dear Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to be cast into the terrible storm on the cross to bring peace. Lord, I'm praying for each one of us that 
uh, our hearts and our minds would trust in you. That we would know, even ahead of time, the peace that you give. The peace that passes all understanding. Lord, we're bringing the storms of our life. For some of us, they're raging in our heart, even as I speak. And Lord, I'm praying that we would bring uh, the storms in our hearts to you, that you would still us. You would quieten that storm. And Lord, we would know your gracious peace. In Jesus' name, amen.